Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 41 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, the Blue Jays, they did it. After 1,354 days, the Charlie Montoyo era is officially over for the Toronto Blue Jays. Can't believe it. I think words don't actually explain it. It's hard to really believe and comprehend. We talked about it on the last episode. I mean... (laughs) I'm a little bit upset, but at the same time, I love the shakeup. I don't actually know how to feel about this, mm-hmm. Jesse. As a Jays fan, as a guy who who really does, and I do, and you do, know the game of baseball, what Montoyo did to impact this lineup, to work with the, the repertoire and guys he had. He did a great job for the first few seasons, and at this point... Maybe he had a little more to work with. He was on a shorter leash. I don't know. I don't disagree with the front office. But I'll say this, man, it's TBD. And no, I'm not talking about the Tampa Bay Devil Rays in 2009. (laughs) I'm saying it's to be determined whether I like this or not. I said that on the last episode. If you haven't watched it, go back and watch it. It's Mm -hmm. a great episode. Features friend of the show, Isaac Bass. Great guy. Knows his stuff about baseball. Leafs and lads, the whole deal. But it's really to be determined for me, Jesse. I mean, I know you kind of feel the same way, dude. Like, I mean... It stings a little bit to lose your manager that's been there through thick and thin. But at the end of the day, I'll say boldly, like, I think it was maybe the right move. And hopefully we can turn it around from here, man. Yeah, I honestly did not think the Blue Jays were going to do it. When I woke up this morning and I saw the news that they had canned Charlie Montoya, I was like, oh, crap, they actually did it. I really didn't (laughs) think that they were going to make it happen. Um, Charlie Montoya has been replaced. Bench coach John Snyder will take over on an interim basis. And Casey, I think it's Candelay, Candel. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He is up now and he will join the staff taking John Schneider's uh, spot as the bench coast. Uh, we can talk about John a little later and what he brings to the table, but first let's get into the decision here to let Charlie go. And I'm going to tell you about Charlie's career here. He came up managing this team since the 2019 season. He went through a very tough, 95 loss season with the club and being a blue Jays fan in 2019 was hard. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of lows on that season, but Charlie was there. Charlie was bringing the team together, trying to fight through it and let's go. And then in 2020, it was a COVID shortened season. Charlie Montoyo actually brought this team up. He got managed their year votes. The blue Jays made a playoff ex- appearance, although only two games against the Rays. I don't know if you really want to count that, but technically on paper, he was in the playoffs there. And then he brought this team through the 2021 season where they had home games in Dunedin and Buffalo and back in Toronto and got 91 wins in the AL East out of that team. In fact, the Blue Jays were so happy with what Charlie Montoya was doing that they gave him a one-year extension this past spring, just in spring training. Riley, we were doing the show then when they gave Charlie Montoya an extension with some club options as well. So, In the last three and a half months, the Blue Jays have done a complete 180 and flipped their minds on Charlie Montoyo. So a lot of bad stuff must have happened in that three and a half months for that to happen. Well, it did. I mean, I mean, if you're not watching the show and you're listening now, get your friends to listen, get your friends to watch, review Mm -hmm. these because we were big on Montoyo back then. And I think there was no reason not to be. I mean, he came up with this guy's like when I say he was through thick and thin, you said it, Jesse, 95 losses as a manager. That's tough in 162 games. Mm -hmm. You're 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 just knocking on the door of 100 losses, which is a very tough pill to swallow. Charlie was there. He walked us through it. I mean, the COVID shortened season, not playing at home, you know, when we're going through playing games in Dunedin and Buffalo and then Toronto, like that's tough. Like, yes, he did have a a tough ladder to climb 
I think he made the most of it that part. But I think this year, the 2022 season was a lot different. I think mm-hmm. walking in with the roster we had, I think Charlie had the the option to make the lineup a little different. And we really didn't see a whole lot of improvement. There was a really a lot of improvements to be made. I mean, when Montoyo came, we had one of the greatest power leadoff hitters of, of this decade, the last two decades, we'll say in George Springer, we brought together one of, you know, maybe one of baseball's most, you know, predominant, you know, bat to ball guys and Bo Bichette. And then the legacy of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is just being started at this point in his career. I mean, there's a lot to do with this lineup and Charlie really, he didn't do a lot with it. Yes. We had injuries early on mm-hmm. with Danny Jansen. That was tough the way he's Hunchin been Ryu at the play. And like Ryu. That, yeah. I mean, that's tough, but I mean, he was obviously on a leash that wasn't long enough. And we Dunk into too many losses in a row. As you saw, we went out West and I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back really was, was when we visited the angels is when we visited or sorry, the, the Oakland A's. And when we visited the Mariners, I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back really. And, and it, it, it shows man in our record and, and now in this management management move. Yeah. That's usually what it is. Ross Atkins has put together a very big team. And he talked about in the press conference today that he feels like he has put a good team on here and that they should be performing a lot better than they have. Uh, here's the exact quote Ross Atkins made about deciding to let Montoya go today. He says, quote, a lot of pressure built up on this team over the West coast swing frustration at less than being the sum of the parts over small details that sometimes cost us games. This was the simplest solution. So I'm not exactly sure what he means or what it sounds like when there aren't any major flaws, but it was a lot of little things adding up to break the cam- uh, the camel's back. And I'm sure you and I could dive deep and we could list some things that Charlie Montoya has done or could have done better. But it seems like these little things have added up to create the big things. Um, that was made pretty much the main reason he got fired here today. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you mentioned those things. I don't know if you want to dive too deep in them, but little things, little things like we talked about on the show, letting Manoa go those extra couple innings, you know, uh, he had those, he had those next few innings. I know I, I gave you crap because I said, mm-hmm. no, don't do that in a tight game, but those are shoulda, woulda, coulda been. And maybe, maybe Ross and maybe Shapiro didn't like those moves too much. Like, why are you taking Manoa of the game whatever those are games we still won mm-hmm. i mean the game the games that that charlie montoya won as a manager that was the team i think i think it comes down to the games that we lost i think there's bullpen decisions made substitutions that that charlie made i mean i i can't dive deep into it but i think he lost us more games than he he's won us this year and that's not player reliant that's managerial decisions which, in the grand scheme of things, listen, Montoyo's a very analytical guy. He came up yes. with a very analytical system in Tampa, and I don't disagree with the way that ball's played. Now, I'm an old school guy. I don't particularly like it. I'm not. I don't think Montoyo is a dummy. I think he knows the game of baseball. But I think now that there's a shakeup, I think that we're going to see a little bit of different ball played right now, and. I don't know which uh, we'll get into it more, but Schneider being a guy who came up with our younger guys, I think that, you know, this could be a throwback to what they did in, in the minor leagues. Maybe Bo steals a little bit more bases, a touch more bases. Like you never know. 
I'm really hoping, I'm really high hopes on this, that it's a good turnaround. Like it has to be, or else what, Jesse? We don't make the playoffs. We're on the cusp right now. That's what's got to happen is things have to change. We have to be better in order to make the playoffs because right now, we're just knocking on the door. Our toe is in the door right now. Our foot isn't even in. We're up, we're our toes in the door. I mean, the, the Jays are only in a playoff spot right now is because MLB added an extra playoff spot at the beginning of the year. If this was last year, the Jays wouldn't be in a playoff spot at the moment. Um, but before we talk into John Schneider and what he might bring for this team, I want to talk a little more about what happened here to get Charlie Montoyo fired. And there was a lot of talk too that Charlie Montoyo had just lost the team. And once you're a manager and you lose the feel or the voice of your team, you're screwed. Like you can't get that back. Once it's gone, it's gone. And you and I as Blue Jays fans probably could have guessed that this was the case, but reports were coming out um, from Seattle. Like Ryan Divish, who's the Seattle Mariners beat writer, wrote something that there was discourse in the Blue Jays locker room. Like when news was going around today, Ken Rosenthal and... um, Jeff Passan had reports that like, yeah, there was discourse in this locker room and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. posted something on Instagram about how like, you know, we know things are tough right now. Things are going to be okay. Things are going to get better. Vladdy posted something similar on his Instagram story as well. Like it's amazing that there was all this discourse and that outside reporters knew about it, but there was nothing from any of our Sportsnet reporters that was saying, yeah, Charlie Montoyo's lost locker room or there's all this, this things. And there was a quote after Montoya got let go today. Um, someone asked an anonymous veteran Blue Jays player. Uh, let's see if I can find the exact quote here. Yeah. He was asked if this move surprised him at all. And he said, quote, no. And that's all I'm going to say about it. So I think people kind of expected this. And I think letting go of Charlie now, even though it sucks, because <laughs> we were really rooting for Charlie, we really wanted to see this happen. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think it was ultimately the something that the Blue Jays had to do. I mean, I don't want to speculate or anything, but I think that that quote, obviously from a veteran, I think that's a that's coming from the mouth of a guy like a Springer or a Stripling. And mm-hmm. it's not confirmed. It's totally not confirmed. Like this is just from the mouth of Riley McConnell. Yeah. That's that's my thought is 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 that's where that came from is a guy who's been in the league a long time. Who's a veteran guy who's played well this year. That's not coming from the mouth of a guy who's been struggling. Now, the only thing Jesse that kind of turns me the wrong way is that this firing wasn't before the first game of the, the Philly series. I mean, this firing happened before a victory. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest. We're here like, Hey, we can clap. I'm not here with the broom. This isn't a happy episode, but Jesse, (laughs) we just, we just swept the Phillies. Technically, We just swept the Phillies. Like Mm -hmm. we're not here celebrating it though, but the dismissal happened after a win. So yeah, this decision was made before the game even started against Philadelphia last night. I mean, it's just, the timing is just strange for me. Right. I mean, as a guy, let's pretend for a second, you know, that we just won the game nine, nothing. We didn't win the game nine, nothing. We had a great, we had a great pitching um, outing from Barrios, but which we'll get into later, of course, but down on the phone, Hey, you know, tell Charlie's fired after, after a good game, Whatever. Like that's a little strange. So the decision was made beforehand and it didn't get, you know, carried out until obviously today's game. Yeah, I, it's a tough time right now to be a GM because the draft is one of the biggest time for general managers. That takes place this Sunday, so that's coming up soon. And plus, the trade deadline's about a month away. So this is the busiest time for a general manager. And the fact that they now had to fire their manager and change their culture of the team is tough. I think to answer your question, though, the reason why they didn't do it then is... 
Um, they just had their first off day on Monday after that long West Coast trip, and that was the day was Julia Budzinski's funeral. So I think Charlie and a bunch of the coaching staff went down to the funeral to uh, go be with um, Bud and them there, and I just don't think Ross Atkins wanted to fire him on the day he's going to a funeral for his friend and the daughter of his friend. So I think that's why it happened today instead of it. No. But- yeah, no, certainly. And still and still, obviously, we grieve for Mark Budzinski and the rest of his family. Uh, it's terrible what happened to Julia and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I can under I can certainly understand that as, as a person with empath- empathetic and sympathetic feelings towards, you know, a community, a guy who's been with the team for a long time. I understand that the timing might have worked out. Poorly in that way, but still an unconventional way to can a manager, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm getting at, Jesse. I do want to throw in one more thing before we start talking about John Schneider and what he'll bring to the table is Ross Atkins did mention that this isn't all on Charlie Montoyo. In fact, if this Blue Jays team does turn it around and go soaring, Charlie Montoyo is going to pay a huge part in that. Like he is part of the reason he did this. And look, Riley, I'm going to be frank with you. We're not having this conversation today. If Bo Bichette didn't have a 303 on-base percentage out of the two-hole, if their so-called ace this season doesn't have an ERA over five, if Ross Atkins acquires a hard-throwing strikeout reliever, we're not having this conversation because Charlie Montoya is not being hired today, if that's the case. But we did say last episode, it's a manager's job to get the best out of its players, and Charlie Montoya just hasn't been doing that. So that's why he got fired here today. I think Billy Bean was the one who said in Moneyball, the best movie ever created, the first guy through the wall always gets bloodied. And in this case, Montoya was bloodied. He paid the ultimate price in being fired, which which you know, does suck. And like I said, it's, it's TBD. It's to be determined what actually comes of this, Jesse. And I know you are just anticipating as much as I do, dude. I hope two, two weeks down the stretch, we can say that, yes, thank you, Charlie, for bringing us this far. But now we're talking about a seven game win streak is what I would love to talk about two weeks from now. However, the reality of it is we're really close to the all star break and we're barely making the playoffs, Jesse. Mm-hmm. So we with need to do roster, something yep. with the roster we got, man. I don't I don't hate it. I, I'm not going to poo-poo on Atkinson. I'm not going to poo-poo on Shapiro because I think they're I think they're good GMs. I think the GMs that we got is some of the best in a long time. And I'm not going to crap on them. I'm a players guy. I'm not a management guy. But I will say if you're going to hire, you know, front office guys, that these two guys are not the worst guys to have. They're some of the best in the league. And I trust in what they have to do. And I really hope it pays off for them. I really hope it pays off for Snyder and obviously our club's record because we sure as hell, Jesse, need these wins down the stretch. We're knocking on the door of August, man. After the All-Star break, hello, we're, we're, we're in August. This is where baseball really cracks down. Yep, Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro have had their plan. They've done everything they said they were going to do coming in here. And now this is their window. This is the time where they have to win. Charlie Montoyo wasn't winning. Then he can't be part of this plan. Um, He finishes his MLB career with an exact 500 record, 236 and 236. So Riley, one quick question and answer it really quick. Is this the end for Charlie Montoyo in his MLB career? Or do you think he lands on his feet and gets a job somewhere else? He's going to be a bench or a base coach um, at some point in his career, whether that be with the Reds, the Padres, the Angels, the Mariners, the Athletes, somewhere he's going to he's going to land back on his feet. You can't not have this guy in a major league club. He's too good for the game of baseball. He's 
too he's too good he's too passionate you can't not have this guy in a major league clubhouse he especially obviously goes good with the young guys mm-hmm. i would on love to see him team. on a rebuilding team i would love to see him even if it's not a manager spot a bench coach a third base first base coach whatever would love to see him in the mlb once again and i i i'm sure it's going to happen in the next 5 years i think that's his window for sure whether he touches the minors or not he'll be back he'll be back good. well Riley, I would like to welcome you and all of our listeners. We are now officially in the John Schneider era of Blue Jays baseball. You mentioned earlier there, he was the manager of the New Hampshire Fisher Cats in 2018. He's managed guys like Vlad Guerrero Jr., Kevin Biggio, Bo Bichette, Santiago Espinal, Lourdes Gurriel, and others in the past. He's quite familiar with this team. Now, I do not think John Schneider is going to make like a super noticeable impact right away because there were already reports that John Schneider was basically running the team as it was anyway. And there were a few reports that John Schneider was likely going to be a candidate for maybe other managerial jobs coming out of the season if he was still a bench coach by season end. But John Schneider said, quote, I always felt like I was destined to be the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. And in the game today, there just seemed to be good vibes everywhere going on. Like I haven't seen Bo Bichette smile like he did today um, in a long, long time. And like that felt great. And I thought not only that, he tried to hit and run in the third inning of this game too, which you never saw Charlie Montoya pull out hit and runs. I thought maybe that's just John Schneider showing off. Hey, I'm the new guy. I got to make it look like I'm impacting something here. And I don't know. The team made really good approaches against Zach Wheeler. Now, whether that's on John Schneider, I don't know, but I want to give him some credit here. And yeah, now that he's the manager here, I really think we're going to be full set ahead for John Snyder. I watched his press conference. He seemed like he was a very good communicator. He seemed like things were going to go really well. He just seemed like a guy's guy, you know? And I think maybe that's what the Blue Jays need. He's younger, too. He's now the third youngest manager in baseball, which will help with his young core on the team. So, yeah, let's see how he runs. Oh, that's all baseball is. Like, I think you've said the quote, like, you're just looking after guys in the clubhouse and communication is that's number one, man. That's number one. I don't think age makes a big difference. I mean, you could be, I mean, I'm just going to pull the age of Tony LaRusse. I won't pull his name actually into this, but you could be 850 years old, like Tony LaRusse or John Snyder's age, and you can still make that kind of impact to the game. It doesn't matter. Just know your guys, know the clubhouse. You know, it's good that things were kept light early on in his mm-hmm. career. And in his career, 100% winning percentage. I don't hate it. I don't no. hate the start. But we're let's 1-0 see what, in the John Schneider era, well, baby. Let's see what happens after this, Jesse. Like, this mm-hmm. is important. This is so important, man. This is, I mean, we talked about the Vlad, well, well the, the trailer was last year. This is the movie. Well, now we've just about hit. The, the climax is, is, is right around here. Like, this is the turning point of that movie, man. Let's see what happens from here on, man. Yeah, this is the plot twist. The thing you didn't see yeah. coming to throw out <laughs> yeah. there. And usually... Uh, <laughs> Set the things there. Um, this kind of feels to me now it's has something to do with the Raptors and not the Blue Jays. But you remember when Nick Nurse or not Nick Nurse, Dwayne Casey was the big coach and he was a really good coach. But the Raptors were like, you know, you're still not doing it. You're still not good enough. So they fired him. And then Nick Nurse took over and led this team to a championship. Maybe that's what's going to happen here. Now, I know those parallels aren't the same. 50-50 Nick Nurse was different than uh, John Schneider. But who knows? Maybe I'm just putting that vibe out there and let's just see if that happens. I hope it does. Jesse, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never watched a full basketball game of my life. <laughs> I'm baseball and hockey. I do not like basketball. I mm. think when the Raptors won their championship, I know Dwayne Casey because I know that that guy's going to be in the basketball hall of fame one day. I don't know about Nick nurse. I think he's a cool guy, but I also think that Schneider's a cool guy. Yeah. Like, Hey, 
maybe he's not in the Hall of Fame, but if he can be a cool guy and get us into the playoffs, I'd like that quite a bit, man. Because honestly, if it was going on this trend with Montoyo, I don't know if we would have made the playoffs, man. We could have, but like it would have been a big stretch, man. I really hope that things turn around from here. Like it's like I said, it's TBD. It's going to have to turn around, man. Well, Riley, we're like, what, 15, 20 minutes into this episode, and the Blue Jays actually did play two games. This is, we're supposed to do a series recap, so I guess we should probably yeah. recap the series that we saw. Yeah. Eh? Uh, game one of this series, Jays returned home from their off day. They beat the Philadelphia Phillies 4-3. to three. Jose Barrios had an amazing start in this one. Seven innings, 13 strikeouts, ties a, or ties a season high in strikeouts. 20 swinging strikes, too, for Jose Barrios in this one, which is by far the best he's had this season. Uh, Jimmy Garcia, Tim Meza, and Jordan Romano shut the door out of the pen, and the Jays snap their long losing streak. It's almost an exhale that it was still possible. Game two. Montoya was let go early in the day. This was John Snyder's debut as a manager, and Ross Stripling took the team on his back, pitched seven strong innings, only gave up two hits. We had a home run from Vladdy, which I don't know if that's an omen or an accident that Vladdy goes deep in his first game with the new manager. I don't know. Maybe that's the start of a tear. Teoscar Hernandez went deep twice, a little double dong for him. Jays only gave up two hits, and I'll tell you, the Blue Jays look great today. So as things stand right now, we are 47 and 42. We're 15 games back. The Yankees We're in a three-way tie for the second wild card with Boston and Seattle. And we're a game and a half back behind the race. So good little two game sweep over the Phillies for the Toronto Blue Jays. Let's go. Let's go back to today. And that Vladdy home run, Jesse, mm -hmm. you're the analytics guy on this channel, <laughs> man. You know, exit velocities angle, dude, you got your protractor out there on the baseball diamond and basically measure every home run to the millimeter. But I don't need a, I don't need a, I don't need a rule or anything to see that Vlad's home run today was not a Vlad home run. Yes, of course it was a home run, but it was not a line drive. It was a wall scraper. When was the last time you saw Vlad Jr. hit a wall scraper? I mean, everything's been a line drive, line out, ground out. No, he actually hit a Rogers Center-esque home run today. Like, I'd love to see that. Like, I could have sworn we got a new hitting coach, man. Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s home run today was 100.2 miles per hour off the bat, and it had a launch angle of 27. So that's kind of in the sweet spot range for your barrel and whatnot. Um, had an expecting batting average of 700. So that ball is caught three out of 10 times. This time it was not. Um, balls like that usually are hits, and this one was. So good for you, Vladimir Guerrero. Off Zach Wheeler, too, who's a really tough pitcher to hit, right? Like, guy's going to be an all-star this year. He should be one already, but he's just one of those snubs. But yeah. Good to see from the Toronto Blue Jays and from Vladdy Guerrero Jr. If this is what it takes for Vladdy to get on his tear, then so be it. Because we talked just last episode when Isaac was here about how kind of Vladdy has been disappointing this year. If this is what it takes to get him hot, whew, look out because the Blue Jays are going to keep going too. Yeah, if Vladdy's hitting NFT Oscar, another X Factor of the team had two home runs today. Tay Oscar's another guy. I saw... Mr. Jesse Burrow on Twitter, obviously, as the temperature warms up, so does Lourdes and guys yep. like Tay Oscar, maybe even is warming up just as good. Like maybe this is a trend, I hope. But let's go back. Like you said, Zach Wheeler, one of the guys who, in my opinion, could potentially be a National League Cy Young winner. At he was some second point last year. I, at, at some point in his career, Jesse, I think the guy's going to do it. And to match match the series with Barrios and to have Stripling out pitch him is excellent. I mean, that's just good pitching for us, man. It's been too long since we've had back-to-back -back starts oh, of, yeah. of, you know, seven, seven innings of, you know, quality starts and, like, 
not even the strikeouts, man. Let's just go down to earn runs. Let's go to hit. Let's go to whip. Like, it's been too long, man. It feels like years. It's been like a week probably since we've had two quality starts. But it's a good start, man. I'm glad we got this against the, the Phillies. We needed it, dude. And, yeah, your guy on the wall back there, you got, uh, you know, in the garbage, you got 15-day IL. <laughs> uh, in, the, in the garbage, you brought black back Vladdy. And he does what he does under a new manager. I don't know what that means, dude, but you know what? Maybe it's a good omen, man, because we sure as hell need one. I'm absolutely. Uh, I think the same thing in uh, game one too. Lourdes Gurriel had four hits. His average is over 305 now with how bad Lourdes Gurriel was to start the year. Imagine at this point, he'd be over 300. That's quite a heater. Teoscar had two hits, two RBIs. Alejandro Kirk had a double hit. It, like, Alejandro Kirk went two for four, and he's like the seventh person we're talking about on this list today. And um, Jose Barrios, just going back to his start, he went six innings. Now, there were some people bitching on the internet about, oh, he should have gone seven, whatever. He was 94 pitches, like, do his thing. He was awesome. Six hits, three earned runs, but 13 strikeouts. And I mentioned the 20 swinging strikes and no walks in this one, too. Now, Riley, can you name? The, okay, so there were two other Blue Jays in Major League history who had at least 13 strikeouts in a game and zero walks. Can you name who the other two were? I mean, off the bat, I, I'm just going to go defaultly. I'm going to go, if it's not Steve and Halliday, is it any of those guys? It is not any of those guys. So I'm going to go for a wild card. I'm going to say Brandon Morrow and Juan Guzman. <laughs> You're 0 for 4. Ah, who ones. is it? Brandon who Morrow did have some real nice starts there where he'd rack up the I know he numbers. did. I yeah. certainly did. But who is it? Um, one of them was Roger Clemens, who, of course, would do something like that. He hated he, steroids and hated Toronto. Next. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other one happened just last year. Robbie Ray did it. Uh, frigor, well, year, you yeah. wouldn't have known. You wouldn't have known it this year when he's pitching with the Mariners. Glad. Mm -hmm. Glad to have you, Robbie. But new year. Yeah. So Jose Barrios joined some elite company with that there. So good yep. to see from. Uh, Jose Brios. Anything to touch on else in the series that caught your eye, that caught your attention? It's good to have Danny Jansen back. Got yeah. Hit. Oh, man. Like, I, I mean, and I know you're going to say this in news and notes, but mm -hmm. we send a guy down to bring up who I think is a guy who's going to be an absolute spark plug for this team. I mean, I don't care about de-aging catchers. It's got to be Kirk and Jansen in this freaking lineup. He wasn't, he hit ninth in the first game of the series and he was out tonight. He didn't play tonight's game, but you, I mean, Schneider, if you want any incentive of how to play this team the right way, <laughs> like you hit Kirk uh, four spot and you bat Jansen like seventh. Like yeah, they still have not, Collins on the bench too. So they can have that third. Catcher, I mean, right? that, that, that's fine. I mean, Kirk and Jansen, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> We've look been at, saying that. For, for months now that they should put two I, we said it the before the season even started Jesse what was my prediction that Blue Jays catchers have more home runs than anybody watch Jansen when he's in the lineup he's going to hit man and his defense we know his, what his defense is but we know that his hitting I, I think I think if it weren't for injuries this year this would have certainly been his his best statistical year like OPS would have been through the roof had he not been hurt this year, he is technically leading the Blue Jays in OPS plus if you uh, do the at bat minimums. So Danny Chanson qualifies, which is good. Um, going on to our other news and notes, that was one of them. Gabriel Moreno was sent back down, as we talked about in prior episodes. We think that was going to happen. Uh, Kevin Gosman is good to go. So we had his bullpen session. He can get that length off his ankle now. He seems like he's going to 
be back to normal. And he's going to get the start on Thursday against the Kansas City Royals. So that's another positive thing going in the Blue Jays' direction here is that Gosman is back and ready to go. We'll see how he feels and how he looks in that game. And the Kansas City Royals will be without 10 players in this upcoming series against the Toronto Blue Jays. Outfielder Andrew Bananteni, Whit Merrifield, catcher MJ Melendez, designated hitter Hunter Dozier, and starting pitchers Brad Keller, Brady Singer, center fielder Michael A. Taylor, outfielder Kyler Isbell, relief pitcher Dylan Coleman, and Cam Gallagher, the catcher. That's a lot of guys off Kansas City's roster. That's like their main guys off their roster. And Kansas City wasn't really a good team to begin with. So that's going to be good for the Blue Jays coming up forward. I'd expect, I mean, I can get into the probable pitchers here, but I'd expect the Blue Jays have to do well in this series and get a roll started. Dude. <laughs> oh my God. What a, a new manager, new, new, new page, dude. Turn the page mm-hmm. right now. The, I mean, yes, we, we were, we went two and zero against the Phillies, but no, this is the new page. Like let's turn it new chapter. Like, in Vlad Guerrero's movie, this is chapter whatever. And this is the new chapter, dude. This is the TSN turning point of mm-hmm. this series. I mean, if we don't sweep, we're going we're going three for four in this series, dude. We have to to make this worthwhile, man. And it comes down to, oh, geez, I don't know. Lord is still heating up Vlad having, I think he at least has a dong and at least has three RBIs in this series. I mean, you would hope and, and guys like Bull Bichette, Teoscar getting on base, you know, having at least, at least a 300 in on base in this series, like either hits or walks or whatever. I mean, home runs don't hurt, man, especially in the order. And I think again, we're right at the cusp of the all-star break. I'm going to say it for the second time of the episode. Kirk's going to do amazing things again. He always does. I felt like because of a two game series, we didn't talk about him a lot. Had this been a three game series against the Phillies tomorrow, he probably hits a three run shot and draws two walks or something like Mm -hmm. that because it's Alejandro Kirk and he's been an absolute God for us this year. Yep, but we should walk all over KC, man. We should walk all over KC. It's hard to predict a sweep, especially like this farther ahead in advance. But don't you just feel like, can't you picture coming on this episode next week and thinking like, yeah, the vibes are going to be good. Like we're almost expecting a serious sweep. And I don't blame you, Riley. Like four game sweeps are tough to do anytime, no matter who you're playing. But it really does feel like the Blue Jays are going to do it here. Like game one, we have Kevin Gosman against Carlos Hernandez. On paper, Blue Jays should win that game. Game two, Alec Manoa against a much older and declining Zach Greinke. Blue Jays should win that game too. Maximo Castillo, who I know I really like, and I know we've talked about in the past, is going up against Foster Griffin. I don't even know who he is. Blue Jays should win that game too. And Jose Barrios is starting game four against Daniel Lynch. And that one might be a toss-up if we get good Barrios or bad Barrios, but I think we're going to get good Jose Barrios. He's carved up the Royals in the past, and I'm sure he's probably going to do it again. So yeah, I think I'm kind of with you. I feel like a four-game sweep might be on hand for the Toronto Blue Jays here. Well, we know, well, if fantasy tells me anything, because Kansas City guys are always in the top of being picked up because no one takes them in the draft. (laughs) I know I've had Lynch and he's almost he almost gets me neutral points. Um, Foster Griffin. I don't know nothing about him, but I can tell you one thing. I don't think Zach Granke's going to strike too many of us out with his Mm -hmm. declining velocity. And I think that's important. I think that Zach Granke might have one of his worst starts of his career against us. I, Ooh, I think go. we're going to, I think we're going to give him hell. 
I mean, if this was 25-year-old Zach Granke, I, I think no chance. There's no way Reed Johnson's going to get three hits off him. But you asked <laughs> me, Bo Bichette, get three hits off his Granke. I said, yeah, let her fly. Two doubles, maybe even. Maybe one home run. Like, this this is a series that we, we could tally the runs on, dude. They're missing Andrew Benintendi. They're missing good They're, whole team. They're missing their whole They're team. Missing, they're, they're missing key players, dude. I mean, thank God. I mean, team double vax here, but like, it's sad for players not to do that. I think it's a cheat code for us. Let's use that cheat code to our advantage, boys. Like, this is the series. We got to jump all over this, dude. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And um, I can't wait to be back and talk about it when it happens. Uh, Riley, that's going to do it for episode here today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I know we've got a lot of buzz about Charlie Montoyo, and we're excited to see what John Schneider can bring here. Leave a comment down below if you think this was a good move. If you're surprised the Blue Jays have done it or whatever it is you have on your mind, please leave a comment down below. We'll interact with you there. Um, yeah, please make sure you like and subscribe. Give us a follow. Tell all your buddies. And I'd like to officially welcome everybody to the John Schneider era of Toronto Blue Jays baseball. Um, yeah, I'm excited. And Riley, anything else to add before we get out of here today? Just what I said, Ben, you got it. The John Schneider era. I think Schneider's going to do just fine, Jesse. But again, you put the, we'll put this video up and I hope the viewers watch the game. I hope people who don't view watch the watch the games because I think this is going to be a big series. I really do think this is going to be a turning point. I think it's really important. And if not a sweep, I think we take three out of four, and it's just the uh, the start of things to come, man. I really believe that, man. Power We're really all feeling the way good for these right? guys. We're feeling refreshed. Feeling great. Yeah. Yes. And that's what matters. All right. Well, goodbye, everyone. We'll see you again on the weekend to recap the Royal Series. Thanks, guys.